you know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly... Uh, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer and my dearest co-host, Doresha Freer, is currently out on maternity leave. So I have invited a guest to this mini episode to help me answer questions. And we're going to be focusing kind of on one topic because our guest is an expert in this field. Our guest today is Ellen Fondler. Hello, Ellen. Hi, Kate. So nice to be here. It's wonderful to talk to you again. You are a past guest of Forever 35. You are an award-winning entrepreneur and a career strategist, and you are the creator of the interview project called How Did You Do That?, which is all about exploring how people do their jobs and careers and their journeys. And you've worked as an attorney. You reinvented your career and launched your own business, and you've done community projects. you've, You've done everything. And I've done it all. We're very excited because you're also going to be joining us in our newsletter answering advice, excuse me, not answering advice, answering people's questions about career jobs and getting unstuck in a little column that we're calling Ask Ellen. So we're very glad to have you answering questions today on this mini episode. Well, I'm so excited to be here and I'm so excited to begin the Ask Ellen column. I, I'd love answering people's questions. I have, and I, I think I've mentioned this the last time you were on Forever 35, I reached out to you in a moment of career crisis and you gave me excellent advice that I printed and then kept in my journal and still take out and Aww. read. So you are, are a wonderful 
advice giver and helper and so thoughtful. And I, I'm ready to dive in today. And we have all kind of job career focused questions today from listeners that um, I've been saving. And I'm so excited to ask you. And I, you know what? I should just mention if our listeners do want to reach us, you can always call us at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. So Ellen, I'm going to kick things off with our first email question. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. This person writes, I was promoted at work late last year, and I'm now managing a small team of people. I'm confident in my abilities as an individual contributor, but people management is a totally different ballgame. The team is pretty diverse in terms of work experience and age, parentheses, some are older than me, which I know shouldn't matter, but it's hard to get over that sometimes. I really want to be a good manager, but I'm not really sure how to do that. Do you have any advice for first-time people managers? If you've had great managers in your careers, what did they do that really set them apart? What about tips for making the transition from a peer to a manager? It feels awkward. And then this person also mentions that um, they are suffering a little bit from imposter syndrome and it feels like they don't really know what they're doing. So Ellen, how do you become a good manager? Well, first of all, I want to say that new jobs or... or um new types of jobs always bring on imposter syndrome. And there's a learning curve to everything. And basically nobody really knows what they're doing, but eventually you get the hang of it. So so just try not to berate yourself for feeling that you don't know what's going on because you will catch on. And I think when you're promoted to a new position, you have an opportunity to set a new intention. So think about what kind of manager leader do you wanna be? What are the qualities you want to be known for? And let that really drive your management style and leadership style. So if your workplace has like tension and you want to introduce calm and peace and serenity, bring that to work and lead the way. Maybe start the meetings off with like a moment of meditation or, you know, play calm music or just in your very essence, bring that kind of calm to the workplace. If you work in a stodgy corporate environment, Try to bring in playfulness and create creativity and vitality. So maybe even bring in designers or people that can, you know, do an offsite where people can really learn how to use design thinking as they approach their work. Uh, I actually had a lot of experience as a manager. I was a director of a nonprofit, and it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. There's so many personalities, and you have to strike a balance between people being happy and also running the organization. And of course, I wanted to be liked by everyone, but that's impossible. So I guess some things I learned was to be authentic, to be honest, to realize that backbiting is inevitable. It's sort of like sibling rivalry and you just try to stay out of it. Uh, boundaries are good. And um, people also like to feel like they have a voice. So you could start the meeting with personal check-ins and you can, Try to go to people's strengths when you're assigning projects or things to do. And use the older workers as mentors because they know a lot. So um, that's sort of what I have to say. I also wanted to say there's a great book called Captivate by Vanessa Van Edwards. And um, people, it's, she, she wrote this book. She started her organization because she was really, really shy. So she started to study people and she has this big organization where she studies people and she wrote this book 
and it focuses on how to become a more captivating leader and a speaker. So it, she has a lot of exercises, and if you go to her website, she has tons of free videos on how to be more captivating and how to you know, stand in a certain way and how to project in a certain way where people take you seriously. I love that. I, I'm I'm thinking about the best manager I've ever had uh, in my career, and I feel like what set them apart is that they were like respectful. They listened to their employees. They treated us like we were, like they were definitely in charge, but they treated us like we were equals. And they also just didn't. They weren't. They didn't bring the chaos. Do you know what I mean? Like they brought um, a real sense of order and calm and respect to yes. how they they dealt with their team. And that's, I think then how everybody treated each other. My experience with managers is like, whatever their vibe is, that's what trickles down. So if you have a manager Absolutely. Who's, who's like, you know, chaotic or, or stays everything for the last minute, that's going to be how everybody operates. So whatever you can do in terms of like your energy and the way you treat people is, is going to set the tone, I think for your team. I agree. I mean, it's sort of like parenting, you know, you have to have good boundaries. You have to do it in a kind and loving way, but, but you're the one that's in charge and, and, and the buck really stops with you. So not everybody's going to like you and you want to, you want people to enjoy their days. This is where they're spending a bulk of their life. Yeah. So it's that, it's that balance. Um, and I think it's also great to maybe take leadership courses and maybe take, um, uh, you know, Toastmasters or fill the room to learn how to speak in a way that people will listen to you. I love it, Ellen. That's good advice. See, this is why you're a professional. <laughs> Tell me about some of the jobs you've had, Kate. I, I, I know what you do now, but I'm really curious. I don't know that I know all the different jobs you've I mean, had. My first job was a sales associate at the body shop body store when I was 16. I've worked, I've worked a lot in retail actually into my twenties. Um, and then I started freelance writing and I took an internship at a newspaper and then I worked at VH1 in like a million different roles for seven years. That was my like wow. big, yeah. So that was a, a corporate job, but also a creative job. I also was a production assistant and a production coordinator at an experiential marketing agency. And I had a really uh, a nightmarish eight month stint at a financial company. That was mm. that was rough. That was a, resulted in a lot of panic attacks. And what made it nightmarish for you? What did what was it? Was it the manager? Was it the leader? Or was it just so, the... so much, Ellen? So much. The company called the manager. Yes. The company culture. Yes. The it was the complete wrong job for my brain. Um, I also it, it was in a phase in my life where I was. I just wanted a quote unquote day job so that I could support myself and pursue comedy like for the rest of the time. And, and it ended up being like a really intense job where I needed to understand yeah. finance and I did not know anything about finance. So I was in over my head. I was in over my yeah. head. Yep. And there were also no windows in the room oh. that I worked. Yeah. It was just kind of rough all around. It was rough. Yeah. So you've had, you've had your share of managers, good and bad. Yeah. I've had some really fantastic managers, um, especially in the seven years. I think that's why I stayed at VH1 so long as I worked with really great people and the whole time I was there. Um, and so, you know, it really makes a difference. It makes you want to stay. It makes you want, you know, makes you excited about coming into work. It makes you feel right. like, you know, your work is seen and respected. And I think a good manager is key and, and, and no one teaches us how to be managers. So it's hard to, no. to do it. 
Yeah. Nobody teaches. And, you know, my probably my best manager was probably my first job. Uh, I've done independent. I've had my own businesses a lot of my life, but I've had some jobs. And in my first job, he just he gave me hard things to do. He just trusted that I would figure it out. He he didn't uh, talk down to me. He didn't give me sort of menial tasks. He really gave me things to do where I would learn and I rose to the occasion. So I think that that's a really important thing too. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get oh, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly 
the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Well, I wanted to to read this, read another question because it, okay, it, great. it kind of builds on what this previous um, listener had mentioned, which is it's a little bit more about imposter syndrome. Uh, and, and let me read it here. It says, I know you've touched on confidence in the workplace, but I'm hoping you can talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome. Uh, as a little bit of a background, I tried to go to university after high school, but I wasn't in the right mindset. And so I didn't succeed initially. I worked in retail full time for a while, but I knew I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. So I decided to go back to school and get my BA. I finished and went to grad school, but didn't finish, mostly due to struggles with depression, anxiety, and a serious lack of motivation. Um, And so this person goes on to say that they worked part-time during their grad program. They submitted resumes and never got any interviews. After I timed out of my program, I was stuck in a terrible job, but still couldn't get an interview. And I went to the Career Center to get help with my resume, um, but fought back tears the whole time because I struggled to think of any accomplishments. The job I had at the time was very easy and required very little skill. I eventually went through a temp agency and now I have a full-time job at 34 working in government. However, because of all the rejections and general low self-esteem, I feel like I only have this job by luck. I feel like there is nothing special about me. There is nothing I can do that others can't do. And I know if I wasn't here, the world would keep spinning. My confidence has been chipped away to the point that I fear it will impact my ability to get a better job later in life because I doubt everything I do and I don't know how to sell myself. Any words of wisdom would be much appreciated. Well, you know, I run a course called Relaunch where I help people give their life a makeover, put fresh energy into their career, find new careers, or just sort of get out of ruts that they're in in the career they're doing. And one of the assignments that I give my Relaunch students is to write a letter to five or ten of their friends and colleagues and ask them to tell you that your what they think your top qualities are, what they love about you. And you can say, you know, I'm taking this class and the teacher wants this is one of the assignments. But what comes back is just this avalanche of love, this avalanche, excuse me, of people really seeing you, of having belief in you. It's just this extraordinary thing to do. So I would really I know it's not easy to reach out and ask people to tell you what they think about you, but it's a great, great thing to do. Uh, I also think it's a great thing to do for yourself. Uh, I, have, I have a friend, Sherry Reichardt Ballou, who just wrote a book called Say It Now, which is trying to encourage people to tell those you love what you think about them before, you know, don't say it at their funeral, say it now. But it's true about yourself, too. And so maybe write a love list to yourself, all the things that you really cherish about yourself, that you believe in in yourself. <clears throat> I would get some life coaching Um, And I would also think about this. There are numerous scientific studies 
where women underestimate their intelligence and competence by 20% and men overestimate, no surprise there, by 20%. And so when men and women are given a math test with 10 questions and they are asked, how do you, well do you think you did? Guess what? Women underestimate what they think they did and men overestimate when in fact they did pretty much the same. So it's really important to remember that when you're having moments of doubt, you're underestimating yourself by at least 20%. So just know that this is just a story that you're telling yourself that you need to reframe. And I guess the other thing I would say is do, just, just make sure you do the things that make you feel good and strong. Listen to podcasts, dance, sing in the shower, meditate, all the things we know, walk in nature, all the things we know will make us feel better about ourselves. Go to workshops, just just dream, meet other people that will help give you a perspective on yourself that you just don't have. And try to reframe these negative stories. Yeah, reframing negative stories is very hard. That's a life's journey. It's very, very difficult. But I like your suggestion but of not, not, but asking other people for that positive feedback. So you have a sense of like, what do I offer that I'm not seeing? And then also doing it for yourself. That's so important. It is very important because we so often just downgrade ourselves or yeah. denigrate ourselves and we don't fill ourselves up with self-love and we don't hear it even when other people say, I really admire you, or, you know, you're a rock in my life, or I come to you because you're so creative, or you know how to fix all the broken locks in my house, or whatever you do for other people, it's important to really take that in. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is hard to reframe things. And it's also so much of what we, um, of what we walk around with is a made up story in our head. And uh, even if we just keep telling ourselves over and over and over again, the more positive story, hopefully at some point it'll sink in. I mean, this is why I love doing a gratitude practice because it exactly. really does help me refocus. You know, I can, I can kind of spin out in negative thoughts and it really helps me refocus um, just energetically and emotionally on, on the positive things or see negative things in a different way. And that's just been incredible. And I think you can also do that with writing. I have friends who like write three things they like about themselves or three things they did well each day. And, and that's really that's a powerful. great thing to do. Great thing to do. Or even if you can have a gratitude buddy and mm -hmm. at the end of each day, you can write to the buddy. I feel grateful about these three things, or I'm proud of myself today because of this. And your buddy writes that back to you because the truth is everybody's walking around feeling a little less than, totally. and, um, you know, when you share it, it, it just gives, gives, it takes away the power of feeling less than, and it gives you power and empathy towards yourself. I love it. Ellen, let's take a brief pause for some ads and then we'll come right back and Perfect. hear from some more listeners. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. Visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. 
Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. All right, Ellen, we've got one more something I I can relate to here. Uh, here's what the person writes. Uh, I'm looking for some advice on dealing with work burnout. I work in a high pressure, fast paced environment, and I have been doing it for nearly 11 years since graduating from university. I've worked long hours, sacrificed and traveled a lot for all these years to make it to the top level of the organization. And I'm almost there. However, over the last few months, I found myself spiraling out of control about small things, uh, uh, alternately overwhelmed to the point of tears and then swinging to no fucks to give. And on top of it all, a constant medium grade anxiety that I'm never doing enough and will be a huge failure. Basically moving towards an inability to manage my stress level based on my Google research. The symptoms sound suspiciously like burnout. The thing Mm -hmm. is I don't want to leave my industry. I want to continue on the path I'm on for now and I'm not looking for a career change, but I also feel like I need some sort of break. I feel like a failure because I can't snap out of it. No matter how much I rest, exercise, sleep, et cetera, I get and feel like this could spiral towards depression quickly. I'm working hard on delegating what tasks I can manage. Uh, I'm, I'm, excuse me. I'm working on hard on delegating what tasks I can and managing saying no to things I can say no to, but still have a hard time turning the ship around. Any advice on dealing with burnout while not changing industries? Also, any advice on how to talk to a not very supportive boss in a way that clearly communicates my desire to continue down the path, but also the need to address some factors of work that are not healthy? You know, I'm reminded by a passage in uh, the poet David White wrote this wonderful book about work called Crossing the Unknown Sea. Have you ever read that? I don't know. I feel like our mutual book. friend Heidi's Ro- Heidi Rose Robbins has mentioned David White before, so I, I maybe yeah, have read David some of White, his. Yeah. yeah. And and so, of course, the Unknown Sea is a book about work, and it's actually just one of the, it actually was the book that got me interested in careers. It sort of was a book that fell off the bookshelf 
in my hands one day. And I, I, I love this book. But anyway, he came to a place in his life where he was exhausted. And he happened to have a conversation with a friend of his, the Benedictine monk, Brother David Stendelrost. And Brother David told him that the antidote to exhaustion is not necessarily rest, rather that the antidote to exhaustion is wholeheartedness. People become exhausted because they're not wholehearted at what they're doing. So I would say to this reader writer, you know, ask yourself, what do you care most about in your vocation, in your family life, in your heart and mind? Um, it's a conversation we all have to have with ourselves at all stages in our life. But instead of saying, I'm going to do this in the future, when the kids are grown, when there's enough money in the bank, when I'm retired, ask yourself, how could you be whole, more wholehearted about your life now? And I think that maybe not necessarily in the workplace, but certainly in other areas of your life, you can start adding more wholehearted living into your life. What does wholehearted mean by that? What do you, what is you know, wholeheartedness means that you're doing something that fills you up, that you're, that you're not just going through the motions, that you're doing what you're listening to the whispers of your life. You're doing something that like, as if you had never written that book. It's, it's like the question that you wrote me years ago, should I stay at this job or should I quit and write the book? And I said, quit and write the book. Your wholehearted living is, is, is writing that book. It's listening to what the universe is sort of pushing you to do um, to the best that you can. And it's just, you know, we so often, um, Americans are like known, like not to take vacations. We don't use any of our vacation time. Yeah. Um, so, so, uh, so first I would say, you know, go on vacation, rest, make, spend time with your family, spend time with yourself, um, and see if you can work from home one day a week. And the, you know, Alex, my, uh, do you know Alexander Franzen? Do you know her? I know the name. Well, Alexander Franzen is a writer and she just wrote a book called, so this is the end of love story. And in it, she poses a question, how would you live if you only had 24 hours to live? And it's a very profound question. And so you can ask yourself this question and you can write down the list and it, it, it taps into what really matters to you and what brings you joy. And if you can even do just one or two of those things a day and a week, you'll be living a life that feels more authentic. I guess wholeheartedness is an authenticity. And I think just going through the motions burns you out. Do you think um, can I, therapy is always a good tool in this situation? I think therapy can be a great tool in this kind of situation. I mean, or let me say, I, in any situation, I recommend therapy. It is my favorite I, I, of all self-care. <laughs> well, therapy is great, especially when you have a good therapist. And yes. I think it's really important to keep looking and looking till you have one. But there is nothing better than having somebody that you can talk to and somebody that you can unpack these questions with and somebody that could help you make feel better about your life and, and give you the confidence to make some changes in your life. So even if it's being able to talk to your boss and say, can I work from home one day a week? Or can I make these changes in my life a little bit? One of the exercises we do in my relaunch class, which is from the book Designing Your Life, where you do something called a good time journal, where you write down every single thing you do in a week. And then you see what energizes you and what drains you and what gives you um, 
pleasure. And then you, 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 you try to see if there are ways that you can switch things around so maybe your, your day isn't as draining. For instance, you talked about having meetings in a windowless room. Oh. And clearly, had you had meetings in a room with beautiful light coming in, they wouldn't have been, it, it wouldn't have been as horrible. Or if you could uh, have walking meetings with people, there are ways that we can tweak our days that um, can make them feel much better. And yes, a, ther a therapist can really, really help you hone down into what are the things that are, are bothering you and how to make changes. The only other thing I'm wondering after reading this question again is the person who wrote in said they don't want to leave their industry. But I'm wondering if they switched organizations, would they necessarily have to leave their industry? Like may maybe it's also your your boss or your like maybe there yes. are ways to stay yes in your industry and stay at the top of your industry and keep working towards, you know, being on this really intense path. But maybe there, maybe there is some value in just, in just explicit peaking, just exploring other organizations yes. in your field. Again, we don't know what this person does. Their organization could be the only one in this industry. I don't want to assume different, but that might also be valuable. You, you want to have a supportive boss who's going to allow you to, do what you need to do in order to be successful in your career. You know, I mean, I, I think that is key. That relationship is key. So perhaps it's also okay to peek around um, within your industry, but at different Absolutely. organizations. And sometimes, sometimes it's the smallest little thing that could really make a difference. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, you know, again, I don't know either what kind of job this person has, but sometimes you could change teams. And like you just said, you have a different boss and that makes all the difference. Sometimes you can, you know, change locations from one side of the building to another. It depends how big the organization is. The other thing I would say, this woman, I'm trying to, she's been doing this for 11 years. There is no way her boss wants to lose her. Yeah. I am sure she's a very, very valuable employee. So I would not be, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, turn on the fire hose and when I sit down with, with, the, with your boss um, and just complain about everything, but I would pick the top one or two things that would really help make you happier and start there and start to engage in more of a conversation with this person. Ellen, we're very excited to have you uh, writing and answering questions for our listeners every month now in our Forever 35 newsletter, um, which you can find on our website, forever35podcast.com. Um, but if you would like to reach out to Ellen and ask a question about career, work, getting unstuck, finding your passion, all those good things, you can email forever35podcast at gmail.com and put Ask Ellen in the subject, and we will be passing those on to Ellen. And Ellen, where else can our listeners find you? Well, I have a website, ellenfondler.com. I have, uh, I do personal coaching. I also have a relaunch class. I'm starting two new classes mid-June. So if people are interested, they could go on ellenfondler.com slash relaunch, and they could look at that. Um, and my website has my email address and all the other ways you can get in touch with me. Awesome. Well, Ellen, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for joining me for this mini episode. I really appreciate it. It's always such a treat to get to talk to you. Always a treat. And I'm so grateful and I'm so excited to get letters from all of you wonderful listeners out there. The Forever 35 community is extraordinary I and I'm so agree. excited to be a part of it. They're pretty, pretty rad. I'm, Amazing. I'm very honored. Amazing. Yes. Uh, well, yes. Ellen, uh, thank you again. And we will talk soon. Mm -hmm.